One, two, three. Once upon a wander. Welcome to Once Upon a Wander, Nita. Thanks. So I met Nita in 2015 when we worked together at Signal Mountain Lodge in Grand Teton National Park. And then we were both pretty young. We were housekeepers. Nita, I think you were still a teenager and I was a little bit older than you, maybe 23 or something at the time. And it was one of your first travel experiences in the seasonal world is that right it was it was my first seasonal first. job yeah cool and i think it was maybe around three or four for me or something and i liked you right away i remember you were one of my first friends there and we bonded over some nerdy movie discussion or something great like that mm -hmm. so nita was adopted into a mormon family so going into a traveling lifestyle was a pretty big, bold move for her to make. So I think we're going to start with that uh, part of the discussion, that angle, and then go from there and see if you have anything else you'd like to input. So, okay. yeah, if that's cool with you, maybe could you describe the life that your family had laid out for you and what that looked like? Pretty generally females in the church are highly encouraged to sure go to school but the expectation is that once you're in school you're going to meet a husband and you're going to start a family and that's going to be your life is is the husband and and oh, kids so i i had the one like rebellious phase where i was like you know what i did a year of school i'm going to go work not in my hometown like you said it was a bold move so that that kind of answers the next question a bit but how was the life you saw for yourself different and what made you want to to travel like that the real reason i started wanting to travel is not being at home which is a great motivator so starting a seasonal job was a great way for a 18 year old, 19 year old to get out of the house and see something new. And once I got out here, I realized that there was so much more to explore and see and, and people to meet. I couldn't go back. Yeah. And I just want to throw it out there for people not familiar with the type of seasonal jobs we're talking about. These are usually in touristy type places where people pay a lot of money to go visit and they need a lot of seasonal staff to come actually live on property. So the seasonal jobs we're talking about come with staff housing. So we're living in a community with a bunch of other people who are also traveling for the season and have different lifestyles. So yeah, Signal Mountain Lodge in Grand Teton National Park is open basically for summer and fall and it closes every winter. So every mm -hmm. year you still have to travel in the off season or find somewhere to go 
between summers. So uh, Signal Mountain is a really beautiful place community-wise, and I, I know I kind of felt at home there, and I think it's become your home. Mm-hmm. And after being away for so many months in the winter, what is the feeling you get when you're going back to this place in a community of travelers and and seeing the Grand Teton Mountains and being on that lake and the forest? What does that actually feel like? It's, I mean, it's it's real hard to describe because you say the word home and everyone has a different image and feeling of home, but Right around, I'll say February, I start getting an itch. There's all these friends I want to see, all these hikes I start thinking about, just, you know, the view of walking down to breakfast every morning. And then right around that time, Kelsey will start contacting people and, and the itch gets stronger. And then I roll into Jackson Hole in... May, late April, and it's 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 like a cross between a settling, like ah, I'm home, and the thrill of adventure of like, okay, now I'm here, I've got stuff to do, I've got you know mountains to summit, I've got people to see. Let's get going on this. That's awesome. If you're comfortable talking about it. Uh, what was your family's reaction to you wanting to do this lifestyle and continuing with it year after year and basically saying no to their plan for you? If I had stayed a member of the church, I think they would have not really fully accepted this lifestyle, but they would have more or less been okay with it. The real kicker is... What happens when you travel is you start learning. Mm-hmm. And the more you learn, the more trouble you get into, as I'm sure everyone <laughs> knows. Um, <laughs> I, you naughty thinker. I know. So I came out here in 2015 super sheltered. You know, this was the first non-Mormon community that I'd been a part of. And being only Mormon in, say, 50 miles is a bit of a shock for someone who has lived their entire life surrounded, like, every single one of my friends in high school was a Mormon. Mm-hmm. And growing up, you hear the Mormons are the righteous members of the world, and everyone else is a sinner. And it is our responsibility to make sure that the sinners have an opportunity for redemption. And I came out here in 2015 and met a whole bunch of people. And none of them seemed to need saving. They were all (laughs) doing all right. I mean, granted, there were a few people who... uh, (laughs) Could use some help. Could use some help, but more in the like therapy department, hey. not in the come to Jesus way. And I realized that all the monsters under the bed and in the closet that I had been told were real and out to get me did not exist. 
I wanted to travel more and see more and test that more. And the more I traveled, you know, I, I did a year where I worked at home, but I would travel overseas. The more I traveled, the more I met, met people who were just fine and were in fact some of the nicest people that I'd ever met. And they were no we're near coming to Jesus. And it kind of opened my eyes to the lifestyle that was being laid out for me and what I would be forced to do and and settle with if I had been Mormon. And I just couldn't anymore. So I left the church and that was that was the big the big deal in my family. So the double whammy of leaving the church and becoming a seasonal worker was, was strained family relations, I'll say. Uh your attitude about it has been pretty incredible. I don't I don't know that I know anyone else who would handle it quite so well as you have. And even before all that happened, the first year I met you, I remember how, how uh, I get a really good sense of humor about it. And we used to accuse you of, of blasphemy for eating certain things and try to get you to have some soda. <laughs> was, oh, yes. <laughs> you're a good sport. <laughs> Now, even even back in 2015, I was starting to uh, feel my rebellious streak. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest draws of the types of seasonal jobs we do is living within that community of travelers and peers that are like you. So what's it like to live with the people you're working with? in kind of, kind of an extended family. You have to share rooms with them, eat meals with them, work with them, explore nature with them. It's very different from the lifestyle most people have of living in one place with their family, going to work, and then not having to be around those people or having different people. And the this particular one is like 40 minutes from town. So really the people you work with and live with are your people. Yeah, an extended family is a good way to put it. You know, we're all, we all live together, eat together, sleep together, work together, hike together, camp together, um, shop together. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's the. Uh, and all kinds of sleep together, too. All kinds of sleep together. Mm -hmm. um, very many Sigma Mountain babies. <laughs> um, it's an extended family. You know, you've got mm -hmm. that weird uncle. Tim, who uh, drinks a little too much, <laughs> weird things, but he's all right in the end. And then there's those cousins that you really don't like and you try to avoid as much as possible, but you're polite when you see them in public. And then there's, you know, the, the family members that you really, really like and you hang out with them all the time. Those people really have become my second family or... I guess now my first family, especially this year in a time when 
you gotta pull together without being you know too close to each other and right you're there right now during a social distancing era how's that it's strange the employee dining room is spaced 10 feet apart and you can't sit with anyone um the quad isn't really a thing. There's only 60 of us here this year instead of the 150. Wow. Lots of porch parties, I'll say. Yeah, it's got to be a lot different. Yeah. The family dynamic up here has really gotten tighter. Even the few new people that we have here, it's very much a, you know what, we're in this together if you particularly care more about social distancing than everyone else, that's absolutely fine. We'll invite you to things. We understand that you don't necessarily want to, or we'll, we'll try and hang out six feet apart or whatever, or go down to the beach. Um, it, it's much, much more of a tight knit family. There's there's no one this year that I can think of that is someone that I wouldn't choose to hang out with. Like every everyone who shows up to a porch party, it's like, oh hey, there's this person or oh hey, it's good to see you. Um I may not like message them and say, hey, let's go hang out, but we're we're all friends here this year, which is strange even for a seasonal community. Yeah, that sounds really cool. There's always a couple of people who don't quite fit in, but that sounds like a really good dynamic. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about is the nature, because you can't really talk about Signal Mountain without uh, mentioning that it's in Grand Teton National Park. You have to pass through the gate in order to be there. So you're living right on Jackson Lake. It It is probably... It's definitely the most stunning view I've ever seen. And walking by those mountains, it's like a five-minute walk to work past the lake, past the mountains. There's beautiful cabins. There's hiking trails right on property. It's all forested. You can go uh, pick berries or mushrooms or go swimming in the lake and all these things. There's boating on the lake. So do you have any special memory of being in nature or one thing that you you just really like even if it's a small thing that stands out to you or a big thing there's just so much there you're right there's just so much I mean it's a summer camp for adults like yes um it's a real tough one yeah it is let me think with you (laughs) <laughs> we we jumped off of Phelps Rock that one time. That was one of my oh, favorite yeah. memories. Yeah. yeah, there's this 30 foot rock about that's in one of the nearby hikes. So it always helps to have friends with cars, which is pretty easy because so many people there have cars and even acquaintances are just willing to drive you. There's always mm-hmm. someone willing to take you on a hike. It was our friend Carlos's last day, or nearing his last day, and we all drove out to one of these hikes to Phelps Rock and jumped off. And that's always on the bucket list of people who go there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was that time that we 
romped through the campground looking for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I still remember that. I still go out to find, try and find morels in most of the places I go, and I haven't found any except for in the Grand Tetons. And I remember when we came upon a patch. It was mm-hmm. really exciting. <laughs> Those were good. And then one of our chef friends cooked them up in the kitchen and served them to us on a little pizza he whipped together. That was mm-hmm. fun. Never did find any huckleberries, though. I found a huckleberry patch, actually, yesterday while we were out hiking, which is, I mean, (laughs) that's one of my favorite things about this park is, (laughs) like, you're just out hiking and, you know, just here for the awesome views and the sunshine, and then you turn a corner and it's just this field of berry bushes. It it was just the entire hillside was huckleberry bushes. You know, I, I get particularly excited about plants and and, mm-hmm. and edible plants in particular. And I definitely had a few on our way past the bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't pick very much because, you know, inside the park and all that yeah. jazz. But I definitely had a snack up there. Um <laughs> I think overall, especially, I guess, to frame it in the sense of, you know, religion and travel that we've kind of um, established here, overall, I feel more of a of spirituality in these mountains. You know, when I'm sweating buckets and frustrated at bushwhacking through trees and getting all scraped up and sunburned I feel more spiritual more connected more whole than I ever felt in any church building in any cathedral in any quote-unquote holy site that I'd ever traveled to or visited these mountains are my church and my worship services are my hikes and taking care of it is hugely important to me and it's very hard to explain that to someone in a very casual conversation you know this this area is both my home and my spiritual home that's really awesome I like that a lot. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Only that whoever's listening should try it once. Just once. Come out here for the summer or find your local national park. And I'm sure there's some company out there needing a housekeeper or needing someone to work in the gift shop. Just come out here and try it. It changed my life it changes everyone else's life who comes out here you become a better person for it i most definitely did thank you very much nita that was a really fun talk once upon a wander is produced by wanderjobs.com wander jobs is a job board for seasonal travelers who want to live in beautiful places all jobs come with staff housing
thing once. <laughs> once. Okay.